Welcome to What's the Word Downtown, a weekly podcast dedicated to mining the depths of the word, a word that's sharp and active in downtown Tyler, Texas. Join Eric, Matt, and Mike as we get the word out at Bethel. Hey, welcome back to What's the Word Downtown. Is that great? Hey, what's the word? Hey, good to have you guys, uh, all of you Bethelites and downtown Tyler Texans. Uh, we are coming to you live from the Foundry Coffee House with the manager, Lauren. Uh, this is the third okay. week in a row, and you mm. keep bringing me gifts. I will continue as long as you'll have me. Oh, please. There's so much mm. going on downtown at the Foundry and so m- many tasty treats. What do you oh, got yes. today? So today, I'll give you a glass here. Oh, yeah. Here we go. I have not poured the coffee yet. So today is a new coffee that we are featuring it's on our single Look origin yeah. and on pour over, uh, which is what I made this with today. With a Kalita Wave. Kalita so wave. this Kalita is Kalita Wave is the, the pour-over device. that sits yeah, on yeah, yeah. top, yeah. Okay. Uh, so this is a new offering from Porch Culture. And they had it on their subscription this past month. And it was so good, I had to bring it in. It is a, it's a little different than the coffees we normally carry. Okay. It's Colombian, but... One moment. Oh, yes. But it's a honey process, which means instead of... Uh, you know, they harvest the coffee cherries. There's subtle notes of La Cacaña mm. in there as well, I think, coming from Colombia. Mm. Sorry, that was... <laughs> no, so Perfect. it's honey. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it's more just a descriptor for some of the notes in it. Yeah, parts. I hear that. So I instead that. of washing the beans, you know, clean and then drying them, they're leaving a little bit of that pulp on there, a little bit mm. of that, that rind. And so it gives it this real rich yeah. uh, sweetness and berries. It's very That's nice. That's really nice. And you're teaching so. me slowly, you and Mark both. Yeah are teaching me to enjoy the coffee without all the cream, without all the stevia and sugar that I mm-hmm. typically pour in there. It doesn't have the bitterness that you would expect from a right? coffee. So we're trying to bring out some of those more exciting flavors. Mm. And what is this one called if I come in and ask for it at the foundry? Is uh, this our single origin pour over that we're offering right now? Just the Columbia, yeah. The Columbia mm-hmm. pour over. Yeah, so if you get, even if you get drip coffee, we always have three different offerings. Mm-hmm. So we have our still peddler, which is our house. We always have it. Mm-hmm. And then we try to rotate a couple of these at a time. So a couple different single origins. Currently, it's a uh, Guatemala and then the Colombia. So, yeah. The right. Guatemala is what we had a few weeks ago. Right on. Well, yeah. with so little international travel, I know. Uh, the least you could do is come down for a little trip to Colombia. No doubt. With the pour over. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, the beans are coming to us. Jonathan is doing mm-hmm. such a good job of working oh, with those people down there. and, mm-hmm. and uh, He's gotten visited a number of these farms and sure. really built relationships with them. So it's cool yeah. that we get to experience it here. Come on. So. That's wonderful. Very well, cool. man, thanks for coming around. We're going to okay. get to the word with Eric next. All right. Welcome back, Eric. Week three. Week three. Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. Uh, great sermon. Thank you for your prep. Thank you, Thank you. Uh, for everybody who came out. Do you know there is a collective permission when you preach? I've preached, and it's always better when the people show up. Oh, listen. I mean, it's not original to us, but there is an alchemy, Fleming Rutledge mm-hmm, said, mm-hmm. about preaching from, we don't have a pulpit, but from the platform to the people, that that breach gets bridged, and there is a synergistic effect. Sure. And so preaching to an empty room, Man, the Word of God doesn't return void, but it sure feels a whole lot better to have someone that's actually receiving it Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. mixing it up and giving it back. That's right. That's right. It sort of sets us free sometimes and elicits God's Word in fresh and exciting ways when you don't feel like 
you're speaking theoretically to someone who's not sitting in front of you. That's exactly right. Yeah, so that's really yeah. great. So kudos. Thank you for coming around yeah. yesterday, and uh, make sure to come back next week. Absolutely. Uh, as we look into one fifteen through 23 of yeah. Ephesians, you said, what do you give... Uh, what is it, the church who has everything? Yeah. Did you say the church or the individual? Both. Yeah, I mean, a church is made up of individuals, so sure. what's an experienced individually is shared corporately. Absolutely. Yeah. A deep, abiding appreciation, understanding, and joy of what they already have. Uh-huh. Because what that does is it shuts down the grasper, the grasper that all of us have. That we have a grasper within us. Absolutely. We're always looking out going, gosh, if I could just, if I could just, if I had that, if I had her, him, whatever. Isn't the grasper uh, uh, symbolically shown to us in, was it Jacob? Jacob, that's his Jacob name. was the grasper. That's There's right. a Jacob spirit within us that wants to wrestle with God to yep. get out of God everything that we can. Right. But in doing so, we come away wounded. And but, empty. But then we have the opportunity to become wounded healers in Christ. That's exactly right. Well, he should have done a song about that. I know, right? A song or a book from now on Josh White. Oh, yeah. we got to get him back from Mockingbird. Just announced May 6th, 7th, and 8th, Mockingbird Festival in downtown Tyler. It's going to be good. We're bringing back all our friends. Are we still talking about the gospel? We're still talking about grace. Echoing the gospel? Apparently, we haven't mined the depths of grace and all that's available to us. And that's really the kind of kernel of your... Uh, of your of your sermon yesterday was it learning to appreciate yeah what you have already yeah and growing in comprehension of the immeasurable of the unknowable mm-hmm. so however much time we think we focus on grace and however much time we think we focus on who God is what he's done we'll never ever get there. We'll get there this coming Sunday in chapter two, that for all eternity, we will mine the depths of the riches of what he's done. You'll never get tired of it. Mm -hmm. And we can't forsake those assemblies. I mean, you're always thinking about, I I always tell the guys on Wednesday mornings at 6 a.m., if you want to come for coffee, then we do the study at 6.30. I always tell the guys on Wednesday morning, you'll never see a note on the door next week that says, we figured it out last week. <laughs> we're going to no. need, because we're, uh, you know, we're... There's uh, no diploma. That's right. There's no done. No professional Christians, I've no. heard it said. No. Yeah, exactly. No super saints. A prayer over the people by the apostles starts out this bit. And that's yeah. where we get a lot of the warmth in Ephesians, that, that, that well-intentioned kindness. And I mean, here he is chained uh, in prison yeah. in Rome, uh, writing to the people at Ephesus, and finding, it's almost like Paul is finding some comfort in focusing on his love for others. And I will tell you that Megan and I discussed, even in our own marriage, that we're way better off when we have a marriage that's focused not on our misery, but on the <laughs> ministry that is, yeah. that is potential between the two of us and others. That we, when we begin to focus on other people, there's a warmth, there's a freedom from all of our own thing where we can find ourselves giving and uh, you know, for, for, for the welfare of others. And that's, that's something like what you said yesterday when you said you can't say you love God if you don't love his people. That's it. And of all the people, it's Saul of Tarsus, now Paul, who seems to get that even across the sea, he is most filled when he's emptying himself for somebody else. Because is that not exactly who Jesus was, is, forever will be? Most filled when we empty 
for somebody else. I mean, there's all sorts of extrapolating analogies we could use in terms of marriage, in parenting, in friend relationships. As long as we're trying to grasp to fill ourselves, we just keep continuing to amplify the empty, vacuous void. But when we That's empty right. for the sake of other, man, we're filled, we're encouraged, we're edified, we're energized. Well, and we're not filled because because we choose to do those things, we get the revelation or the apo- apocalypse. Apoca- yeah, apocalypsis. Apocalypsis mm-hmm. that we are already filled. It's a lot of times. That's it. That's a lot it. of times. A lot of times, I'll we'll be meeting with uh, a couple, and then we'll talk to somebody else, and they say, "Gosh, I don't know how you guys. What, how do you meet with these? It's got to be so upsetting." And I say, "The only when <laughs> the only time it's depleting." is when what we're giving out is not being received. Mm-hmm. But if what we're giving out is being received, well, now you're in something like a flow state. That's that alchemy that's that, happening. Yes, yes where, where what is needed is given, is yep. produced. And by the way, I don't feel like I'm letting go of something I can never get back. It's like what's flowing through me is the truth of God, the hope of God, the peace of God, the ease of God, everything that he gives without end. But it, you, you realize the abundance most fully in community. Absolutely. And the community, in this case, in Ephesians, is Paul sitting in Rome praying for the people that are across the sea. Mm. He seems to understand better than I think we do in our day and age that it's not about what he can do and accomplish, especially we as men. We're fixers. Mm -hmm. We hear our wives say there's a problem, and we go, well, let's fix it. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't want it fixed. She just wants Mm -hmm. to be heard. Mm -hmm. Paul is not trying to solve anything with what he can accomplish, with what he can do. He seems to really know at the, at the heart level that the best thing he can do for these people is love them in and through prayer. Yeah. And he packs into his prayer descriptive realities of what's yeah. actually happening. Because what, what, Paul, what is this that uh, Paul teaches, uh, what Jesus did Paul teaches us what it means. Yeah. I mean, there's something like Paul is loving these people by prayerfully considering the truth of the way that the gospel is having its effect on them. It is. And there's something like really comforting to be able to read the words and say, the church and sin hasn't changed in 2000 years. It's just as sinful and it's just as forgiven. Absolutely. So we've got a lot of work to do in so much as getting together and enjoying fellowship and enjoying the word and, and receiving uh, that which God would really free us from. Is, is There's a sense of like uh, when you said the father of glory. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's what I kind of want to jump to there. Yeah. You, call, you said something about a mixed metaphor. Why yeah. did you call it a mixed metaphor? Because in the Old Testament, God is never referred to as a father except nationally for the the nation state, the covenant community of Israel. Nobody would ever call God Father. He is, in Psalm 24, he is the king of glory, which has this idea of a massively uh, powerful, sovereign conqueror. That's who God was to the people of Israel. As they marched into battle against the Philistines, they had Yahweh, the king of glory. And is that why when he... When, he is referred to, especially in Matthew, a lot of times as the son of David or the son of man. Yeah. That's the continuation of that idea that uh, 
something like uh, Syl- Sylvester Stallone is going to show up at some point. <laughs> right. Uh, though he'd be a little taller. Well, uh, but, okay, let's go Russell Crowe and Gladiator. Uh, okay, maybe. Because, right? yeah. I mean, you know. We need a military, uh, economic, social uh, freedom fighter. Right. That's exactly, we need a revolutionary. Mm-hmm. We need mm-hmm. someone who's going to be uh, an incredible military commander to come in and wipe out the scourge of Romans. And what Paul's now saying is how actually now the king of glory was raised by craftsmen in Nazareth, Mm -hmm. and he loves Romans. Mm -hmm. And he is in the Father, and we are in him, and so we are in the Father. And the king of glory is actually the father of glory. So he's mixing. Mm -hmm. There's the transcendence of the king of glory, but there's the nearness, the proximity, the intimacy, Mm -hmm. the, man, the relational touch of the father, the imminence Mm -hmm. of of a father Mm -hmm. That it's a distinctly New Testament idea. And do we have in the Old Testament any fathers of note? I mean, are there any stories in the Old Testament where the fathers were actually good? We know that <laughs> Noah, well, Noah gets, Noah shows himself to his sons or something like that. It's a bad day. Bad day. That's a way bad uh, day. You know, uh, we think about the father, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not good with this. I'm, I'm imagining uh, David's heart breaking over his son, uh, David was a train wreck yeah, of, of a, a father. father. He's right. a dumpster fire of a dad. I mean, he does a bad thing, and he allows that, mistakenly, mm-hmm. to disqualify and discredit him from correcting his son who does the same act later on. He goes, mm-hmm. well, who am I to say I can't, mm-hmm. I can't, and becomes an absent father. Well, and what you have is all, you, it seems like you have a great king. Yeah. And then a horrible king. Right. Which means the great king might have been a great king, but he was a crappy dad. Correct. So you've got this flip-flopping through the generations. Great point. And then you get in Malachi where he says, and the final it's the final verses of the Old Testament. And on that great and fearful day, I will reconnect the son, the hearts of fathers with the hearts of their sons. And then that touching. I mean. It's the greatest storyline of pretty much even to this day, every every great movie. When mm-hmm. it's the father wound, we all go, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. But, I mean, Abraham, bad dad. Right. Right? I mean, you got this thing with Ishmael and Isaac. Eh, well, it's terrible. And so when we see the father of glory that is so good. Yeah. And he's a great king. That's right. And he's sovereign. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. there's the gospel. He's sovereign and, and he's good. And it's the only way that he could overcome the, the Roman heart. That's right. That is to say, he's just one more link in the chain of tit for tat, I'm stronger than you are, yep. unless he understands at some point, and I'm, my take is through the through the temptation, I'm, I'll claim that he understands that, that, that truth that unless, what is it, a kernel falls to the, mm-hmm. to the ground and dies, it, won't, it cannot bear much fruit. He knows that he's going to have to allow himself to be overcome yeah. by violence to overcome violence. Yeah. I mean, and that's a brand new economia. You think that'll preach? Yeah, for sure. To see what others don't see, not only by your senses. Uh, we had You talked about hope, riches, and power. This is, this is something like learning what we have, hope, riches, and power. Yeah. And you then did a great thing where you said hope has to do uh, with the future. Hope is what happened. They called us in the past. Right. The inheritance is in the future. Okay, that's right. And the power is in the present. I love that. So, again... We're encapsulated. Absolutely. I mean, it's the eternal scope of which we're a part. And if we really begin to let that sink down and seep down into our souls, that's what gives us the ability, the power, to suppress our grasper 
not even suppress it, but just to not even heed our grasper anymore. Because what happens is we encounter all of these people in our spheres of influence and we sort of instinctively perceive them as grasping our potential resources. Well, that's, and what John uh, was talking, John Newton was here uh, at Mockingbird a couple of years ago. He talked about a scarcity riddled reasoning. Yeah. A zero sum mentality where more for you is less for me. That's exactly and right. And that's where, where Nowen would say only hostility can exist between two people who yep. operate under a scarcity riddled reasoning. We need an abundant, abundance reasoning. And we have the perfect verse here when we yeah. talk about his glorious riches. That's, that's what he loves us according to. I mean, and you see it acted out in yep. Paul and Silas in Acts 16, mm-hmm. dealing with a Roman soldier, now the Philippian jailer, who mistreated Paul, was complicit in violence against Paul and Silas, mm-hmm. locks them in the innermost dungeon in stocks, which is a form of torture. It's mm-hmm. breaking their leg bones. The earthquake happens. Their shackles fall off. If Paul and Silas leave... This guy's dead. Yes, definitely. Instead, they say, look, we're already free. Yeah. We're going to remain because we don't lack, we, we lack for nothing. It's like when uh, in the Band of Brothers, when he says, soldier, you're already dead. Yeah. You know, now you can go forward. Now they were dug go. in at the Battle of the Bulge and he said, I'm terrified, young kid. And you have this rugged uh, wisdom of this older colonel that says, guy. you're already dead. We yeah. got to go forward. And there's something about... Um, Something about what we're what we're looking at here that propels us forward by the security that we've developed in our past with God. You know, I, yeah. I think about the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. But when I was younger, I didn't have so much forever on my side. Right, <laughs> right. now in midlife, I yeah. can look back and I see, oh, experientially, I have been. I can bear witness to the fact that the steadfast love of the Lord does indeed endure forever because not only do I have God's provision to look back on, I have my ingratitude, mm-hmm. my ignorance, yeah. my stupid thinking that led me to stupid action that yeah. actually in God's economy multiplied grace to me. Just like right. that, that word at Calvary, yep. that the more I sin, the more I find God's grace covering me. Not the reason to sin by no means, but that's what we see. And there's something there's something happening here to us to measure what is immeasurable. Yeah, you said yesterday. I think to measure what is Im- what is to know that you would know the immeasurable riches yep. of God's grace. Yeah, because in a sense, it's not just trying to stuff the heads of the Ephesian people full of knowledge Mm -hmm. as if that's a preventative. It's not, but because that's what they were after, right? With Diana, of course, of course, but the persistent refrain almost, I want to be careful using this term, almost the mantra that we preach to ourselves and say enough. What I have is enough and not just enough, but eternally. So it's enough. It's enough. Mm-hmm. I have no need of grasping anything else. Mm-hmm. It's enough. So almost creedily, almost like a, a self-given catechism, I have enough. And that frees me to actually look at people around me, not with judgment, condemnation, not down the end of my nose at them, but to go, oh man, what I have is enough. Could I be a blessing to them? Could I even be a blessing to my spouse who is vexing and perplexing? Yeah, because what I have is enough. I don't look at her or him 
as an object of my filling. Mm. But I'm actually freed up now to go, what I have is enough. I'm now unleashed and enabled to pour into. It's like you need to un- identify, and the law of God, I think, if it will have ears to hear, identifies within us uh, this inner vampire who would, <laughs> who would, you know, take, totally. from, take from another and leave, an, what is it, not symbiotic, but... Uh, Parasitic. Parasitic. Right? That, that, that's that sort of hostility that, that would say, he has more than I have. I've got to take from him. That's right. That's I've got right. to take from him. And it's just, those are the kind of relationships that you want to go like oh, this. man. But what you're dealing with is a people who are operating under a scarcity riddled reasoning that need the fullness of the gospel. That's Amen? You know it. what I mean? They have so, it already. So you said, I, I wrote in my notes, to measure what is immeasurable, that is, what already is the mm-hmm. steadfast love of the Lord that endures forever. To measure that is simply to meditate on it and, and, and cause God's spirit to make it known to you. Then learning what you've yet to know, the yeah. depths of the Holy Spirit's revelation, which how does that come? But by our meeting together and chewing on the word together to behold one another and the consistency. I noticed yesterday in church, here I am seeing people that I've, haven't seen since last week and maybe it's only a week but there's a lot of hours there's a lot of minutes and for some of us some of those minutes are excruciating minutes where to come (laughs) back together right with the people is a balm to our souls absolutely and i think that that we can kind of get away from that i mean there were some sundays during covid where we Uh, look up and see only our audio and 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 video staff which are amazing by the way are killer but they're not much to party with Without the rest of the church, you Correct. know what I mean, and there, there's, and Correct. so even as we get away from what we yearned for, because it's starting to come back to us, I just want to stay grateful, you know, Absolutely. because well, there's this final thing is to yearn for that which is yet given or that which is yet to be discovered. Do you mean do, do we really believe that God has more for us than we currently enjoy? That's a great question. When we <laughs> start to treat God like the chief perpetrator of our FOMO, Mm. then we're always going to be restless. I hear Christians, well-meaning, Bible-reading, church-attending, Jesus-loving, casserole-baking Christians Mm -hmm. who say, yeah, but I I want the next, I want the next burn. I got to, I got to feel the next thing, the experience. I got to have the next level. Mountaintop. Mountaintop. Uh, I'm JV. I got to be varsity. Mm -hmm. And Paul would say, peace. Be still. Mm. Calm that FOMO storm within you. What you have is enough. And the fellowship, the community of our congregation is to be all these little walking around exemplars of, oh, what he has is enough. Look yeah. at the joy and the peace and the fulfillment. Look at, the, at the, the availability and the accessibility of this life. So, I mean, I know I'm beating a drum. No, no, come on, beat it. But church matters. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is where we see what other people look like, whereas I think is when we say that local church is the hope of the world, I mean, it really is. Not just those out there, because that's true, but it's also for us. I need my family to see Matt and Megan McGill Mm. living a life that is enough. Otherwise, and this is another thing I wrote down, otherwise your family will have an experience of passage that is not as safe, right? I was thinking about safe passage, yeah. about you're talking about the ark, which is symbolically uh-huh, yeah. Christ Absolutely. that we get tucked into and we are given then safe passage, yep. right? Because this life uh, is hard. 
The king of this world cares not for us. Correct. And uh, the hostility that that naturally exists because of our scarcity-riddled reasoning need be overcome by the abundance of God. And there is one certain proof of the abundance of God, and that's... Jesus Christ. Absolutely. I mean, there's no there's no clearer indication. And at the same time, there's no further revelation, right, of no. that, right? And that's important. It's super important, and it's the persistent reminder. When we gather together to proclaim that he is risen, he is risen indeed, we are reminded. I mean, it's the old Jack Nicholson. You need me on that wall. <laughs> I need yeah. you on that wall. I need yeah. you here as a reminder. Wait a second. This is not just me trying to slug it out through some sure. pointless, joyless life. No, 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 no. You are in Christ. I am in Christ. We're reminded of that. And it's a it's a little walking around flicker to say, that's enough. I have enough. You don't have to tell me who the artist was, but I'll let you try. This is the, <laughs> this is the first verse. When I was thinking about safe passage, this was on my heart yesterday. Twas in another lifetime, one of toil and blood. When blackness was a virtue, the road was full of mud. Mm. I came in from the wilderness, a creature void of form. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. Ooh. So this is Bob Dylan. Or and, Solomon in or Proverbs Sol- 7. Or I Solomon mean, it's the same in Proverbs idea. 7. Yeah. And when I hear verse after verse, it looks like this was where I was, and then the offer came. Mm. Come in, she said, I'll give you. When I hear that, I hear Holy Spirit, the Sophia, yeah. wisdom, uh, speaking to me and leading me uh, to believe that safe passage is here. Mm. I just need to get on board. Wow. Each day. Yeah. Next thing I thought, uh, next next song I thought of was Tracy Chapman's, I got a fast car. Uh, yes, I did want to sing a little bit of that, but I'm not going to stop that This now. may be the only time. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23 is history that someone married that up with Tracy Chapman Vascar. I commend you. Do you like it? I do. Do you see what I'm saying? I totally Because I know you've talked about that Mm -hmm. song before. You've got a fast car. It can take you anywhere. (laughs) That's what Ephesians says to us. Your car is fast. Your car is fast if you need deliverance. Your car is fast if you need nourishment. Mm -hmm. Your car is fast if you need escape. It's good, man. I mean, come on. Get into the fast car, or rather, recognize that you're already Already on board. Already in it. You're already on board. Already in it. Meet us next week. Thank you, Eric, for this third week. We're going to do it again next week, okay? Enjoy, guys. God bless.